This is Workers' Comp Matters, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, the only legal talk network program that focuses entirely on the people and the law in workers' compensation cases. Nationally recognized trial attorney, expert, and author, Alan S. Pierce is a leader committed to making a difference when workers' comp matters. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen to our show today on Workers' Comp Matters. I'm attorney Alan Pierce from Salem, Massachusetts. Today's show is coming to you from Palm Beach. We are at the Breakers Resort, where it is the annual meeting of the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group, otherwise known as WILIG. WILIG is a plaintiff's claimant's bar association. Its members are largely attorneys who represent injured workers in workers' compensation, longshore harbor workers, and related claims. The topic today is the emphasis on workplace safety and the role that plaintiff attorneys, claimant attorneys can have in workplace safety. I have three guests. First guest is Douglas Sheff. Doug is an attorney with the Sheff Law Offices in Boston, Massachusetts. Doug is the newly installed president of the Massachusetts Bar Association. And one of his first initiatives was to set up a task force on workplace safety. And he's going to describe the task force, its mission, and what we hope to accomplish on behalf of not only our clients, but the working families and working people in Massachusetts. I have two other guests, Chuck DeVoli. Chuck is an attorney in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's with the law firm of DeVoli, Crumholtz, and Price. He is the appointed labor representative by the governor of Louisiana to the Workers' Comp Advisory Council. He also is a president. He is the president of Willig, just took office today, so congratulations, Chuck. And he's a member of the newly formed Workplace Safety and Occupational Disaster Committee. Joining Doug and joining Chuck with me this afternoon is Will Green. Will is an assistant attorney general. He's with the Louisiana Office of Workers' Comp, and he's assigned to the Louisiana Workforce Commission. So, gentlemen, welcome to Legal Talk Network, and thank you for being with us today. Doug, I want to start with you. Tell us why you have decided to focus on workplace safety as one of your major initiatives as president of a large bar association, a statewide bar association in Massachusetts. First of all, it's great to be here with you, Alan, and the rest of the panel. We wanted to do something that the entire bar could get behind. As you know, in the statewide bar association, you have a a number of interests that don't always run parallel. But one thing we could all agree on, a no-brainer, is that we could protect working families. So we decided to uh, gather together and figure out the best way that we could to protect working families. And the answer was to come up with this task force whose mission it is to reduce or prevent injuries and senseless deaths in the workplace. Those of you who have listened to past editions of Workers' Comp Matters or are students of the law of workers' compensation and the history and development of workers' compensation, I think you all will remember that workers' compensation at its inception in the United States, which is maybe 100 or so years ago, was stimulated by workplace disasters. I think back to the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire in 1911 and the senseless deaths of 200 or so immigrant workers. And that fire occurred literally one day after the New York Court of Appeals declared the New York workers' compensation law unconstitutional. And sometimes, unfortunately, it has taken tragedies, explosions, mine disasters, fires, needlessly preventable accidents that have maimed, killed, or injured countless dozens, hundreds, if not thousands of workers to focus an attention on workplace safety. It seems to be only in response to a crisis or a disaster. And those of us who represent injured workers realize that 
our clients are the victims of preventable workplace accidents. So tell us, who comprises the task force here in Massachusetts that is the model now across the country? Well, that's really the key to the whole project, Alan, is that the task force is extremely diverse. We don't allow any one philosophy to prevail. We're a real melting pot. So you have advocates on both sides, employer, employee, and plaintiff defense. You have judges. You have the attorney general's office, the Department of Public Health. There are professors. There are physicians and medical experts. We have workers groups. One of them is called MassCosh, which advocate for safety and health and well-being of workers. The governor's office, the attorney general's office, it's such a a well-rounded group that it may be difficult to agree on some things, but when we can agree, it's a very powerful message. It says the entire bar, the entire legal community is agreed on a particular precept. And it seems that the primary role for preventing workplace accidents has rested with either the federal government or the state government. I'm thinking of OSHA on the federal level and the departments of safety in the various states. In your experience, what can lawyers do to further the interests of workplace safety? Well, lawyers can, and I'm not saying that we don't work hand in glove with the government, but we certainly can enhance these efforts. We really do three things. We can study a problem and get information from various sources to form some conclusions. We can also educate about these issues and problems. And we've gone out to countless uh, blue-collar communities, working communities throughout Massachusetts, and we present bilingual or even trilingual presentations, PowerPoint presentations, and get the word out. And believe me, if there are 30 or 40 folks in the room, those are community leaders. Each one of those folks is going to then carry that message to hundreds or even thousands of others. And what we can also do is, because we have this diverse makeup, it becomes a strength politically. So if we get behind a particular statute or a bill, we can push it into law a lot faster because we really do give the legislature a reason to say, you know, this is supported by so many different factions, so many different elements. And finally, we do similar to education, we do more public education where we get out there in the major media and advocate and educate in the major press. And before we turn to Will and Chuck, so that we can learn a little bit about the Louisiana experience with workplace safety, let's talk a little bit about legislation. One of the very first, in fact, the first bill that the Workplace Safety Task Force in Massachusetts got behind was a temporary worker right to know bill. It was signed into law earlier in 2013 by Governor Patrick in Massachusetts. And, Doug, it's my understanding that a bill similar to this bill had been unsuccessful in the legislature for the last nine or ten years. Tell us a little bit about the work, temporary worker right-to-know bill. Why was it important, and how did it get passed? Well, that's right, Alan. There was about a decade of effort to get a bill like this passed. But what was missing is, I think, the element of completeness or, or diversity. You'd have unions and worker groups and folks that really may have represented one side of the issue, in my opinion, the right side. But there's a, just a difference in going to the legislature and testifying in front of the legislature saying, you know, we're here lockstep and arm with the medical community, the insurance community, the business community, the legal community. All of us agree on something. It provides political cover, if you will, to those in charge having votes on these issues so that they can go back to their constituents and say, 
I, I voted for this because there was a general consensus. There was an overwhelming groundswell of support from so many different communities within the Commonwealth. So, And what ills does this bill tend to cure? Well, it really focuses on more of the disenfranchised worker. So these are folks, uh, primarily temporary workers. Day laborers, things like that. Yes, exactly. Oftentimes from the Latino community or those who don't speak English, looking for a little work, they don't know how to protect themselves. They don't know who their employers are, technically, when they get hurt. They don't know what their rights are and are afraid to exercise them. They don't know what fair wages are. So the bill protects them and mandates certain safety equipment, mandates training in their language, mandates fair pay, and protects, we estimate, 100,000 workers every year in Massachusetts. And it's my understanding the bill does something that's very simple. Before a day laborer is to start his or her day of work, they are given a sheet of paper that identifies the name of the company for whom they're working, the name of their workers' comp insurance company, the name of the company where they're going to be assigned to work, what their hourly rate is, when and how they're going to get paid, and what to do in the event that there's the unfortunate accident at work. Something you would think would be very simple, but those of us who practice realize sometimes these people come to our office days, weeks, or months after an accident, they have no clue who they worked for, where they worked, who the insurance company is. And not only that, Alan, there are stories where there are these terribly injured workers who get hurt badly on the job. They a limb is amputated or they're in a coma. They wake up. That small temporary work site is gone. They don't even have an idea who they worked for, and it's very hard to track down the responsible party. So what might seem, what we might take for granted is something that, now that it's mandated, will really um, save a lot of heartache. So, Chuck, you are the new president of Willig. You've been a practicing attorney representing injured workers, and you've been affiliated with the AFL-CIO. You've been on advisory councils. You've held a number of posts and chairmanships and memberships. Tell us what excited you about this concept of workplace safety and how you've modeled it in Louisiana. Well, I've served on Willig's executive board for about 15 years. And about two, three years ago, Steve Birnbaum out of California, who also has offices in Hawaii as president, proposed the concept that, you know, even though we're practicing trial attorneys, basically trying to obtain and enforce benefits for workers who get hurt and disabled on the job, that we had a duty to try to cut the problem off at its source, which is a little different role than the public and that we've sometimes seen ourselves in terms of the workplace. And so we created the Workplace Safety Occupational Disaster Committee. I was its original chair. And frankly, Doug Sheff and what they did in Massachusetts, we didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Doug uh, in Massachusetts, uh, went out on point on this issue. Their right to to no law exemplified uh, some of their efforts. That caught our attention in Louisiana. Louisiana has a very diversified economy, heavy petrochemical industry, a hospitality industry, agricultural, aquaculture, hunting, fishing, mining, forestry. Very, very diversified economy, and have a lot of. There's a lot of circumstances, and it involves temp workers. It involves immigrant workers. So there's a lot of opportunities, and we have a high incidence, uh, in some cases, of workplace injury. So it was a natural for us. And the other opportunity we had in Louisiana, as a member of the Governor's Advisory Council on Workers' Comp, even though I represent labor, we sit at the board with a common interest, and that is to not just help people who get hurt in the job, but to prevent those accidents and increase workplace safety. So 
Just so happened the Occupational Safety uh, Office, many states have OSHA, state-related agencies, uh, was in the Louisiana Workforce Commission, which was in the Office of Workers' Comp, which was the oversight and staffing agency for our advisory council. So we basically demonstrated, and again, through our connection with Doug and Willig, we demonstrated to the leadership in Louisiana and Governor uh, Jindal and the head of the Workforce Commission the potential uh, that such a task force would have, and basically they liked the idea. And it just so happened we had, uh, you know, this followed on the heels of the BP oil explosion in the Gulf. About the same time we were forming this, there was a Texas fertilizer plant explosion in West Texas. We had two uh, chemical companies that had a couple minor but significant explosions, fires that followed the Texas uh, case. So we took a particular interest, and we did the same thing, used Doug's model, Massachusetts model, Pointed folks to the task force, uh, insurance industry, business, education, um, and both private and the public sector. And that task force is growing. We've had we've only only had three meetings, but we've accomplished some significant things already. At this point, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and continue our discussion about workplace safety. And we'll hear from Assistant Attorney General Will Green, also from the state of Louisiana. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to Workers' Comp Matters, and we are discussing workplace safety and more specifically the Workplace Safety Task Force model. Started in Massachusetts, being picked up by Willig and the state of Louisiana. And I want to bring into our conversation Attorney Will Green. Will is an assistant attorney general with the state of Louisiana. Will, tell us how the attorney general's office and the workers' compensation department in Louisiana has gotten, why and how you've gotten behind this initiative. Well, I mean, like we've discussed, Doug laid the groundwork, and I think Chuck was convicted by it because it's real in Louisiana. Uh, We have a huge petrochemical industry. There's many jobs that are being forecast that are coming to Louisiana, and the fear is is that we'll have jobs, but the potential there to have untrained workers. And so Chuck brought Doug's idea and made it real in Louisiana, and I think he brought that to the administration. He brought that to Wes Hathaway, who is the director of the Office of Workers' Compensation, and the formula was there and the desire to have a safer workplace and the opportunity that the administration saw with past incidents like Chuck described, the BP oil spill, our neighbors in Texas having the fertilizer plant explosion. There was the opportunity there to get out ahead of it in Louisiana and to, you know, not only be reactionary to some of the things that have occurred, but also to prevent things in the future. And as part of that, the Office of Workers' Compensation, like Chuck said, OSHA is underneath the Office of Workers' Compensation. 
And so there's been several things that we've done that we've tried to, to kind of push that forward. Part of that is the, the Cultivating Safety Initiative. And that is that OSHA, as directed by the Office of Workers' Compensation, has gone in and identified different fertilizer plants in Louisiana. And we've tried to go out and meet with those people and educate those people. The second step is that we've tried with the expectation of all these jobs in the petrochemical industry and the timber industry and the pipeline industry and things like that, the need there is younger workers and those workers are potentially untrained. And so with the Office of Workers' Compensation's backing, OSHA has gone in and, and tried to train those young workers so that they can one day be ready to undertake those jobs. And so, I mean, I think, you know, again, what we've tried to do at the Office of Workers' Compensation is really, really get the education out there on the front end so that these things won't happen in the future. And Chuck, as far as Willig is concerned, and Willig's members encompass all 50 states, attorneys in all 50 states, what are your hopes that what is now starting to take root in Massachusetts and Louisiana might happen around the country? Well, Willig is an association, obviously, of workers' comp attorneys, plaintiff attorneys. We represent injured workers. However, we do have a common interest in this issue of workplace safety. And uh, we had, uh, at our convention here, we gave uh, Doug gave a presentation. We talked to our membership. And we've already gotten a positive feedback on other states that are interested. And those are California, Illinois, Connecticut, Delaware, Missouri. We got a very, very positive response. And again, it's an unusual role I think, as the public would see, uh, trial lawyers. It's counterintuitive. The more accidents we prevent, the less clients we have. Exactly. So, I mean, this may sound, uh, but if we could put ourselves out of business, that's really what would be in the best interest of our clients, that they not get hurt in the first place. And uh, one of the essential kind of ground rules we had for the Louisiana program, which we're advocating as other states consider this, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. I mean, you got Doug's program, you got some of the things they've done. There are study after study after study already on the shelf that tells us uh, what the cause is, uh, what the common elements are. In fact, we had an LSU study that identified uh, some elements of a good workplace in a construction setting. And uh, LSU recently was uh, with Entergy Corporation. I got some matching funds, and there's a large study grant that's we're going to be looking at transportation and storage of uh, hazardous materials in Louisiana. It's a primary issue for us. So that's the role of Willig. We're folks with common interest and common resources, and it's a collective. And we're going to share technology and share experience and hopefully make a difference. And speaking of sharing, Doug, you put together really a 10-step recipe, primer, call it what you will. What does that encompass? And tell us both from you, and we'll get your contact information and Chuck's, so that anybody out there who might be interested in replicating a workplace safety task force can benefit from the work that you've put into this already? Well, sure. Anyone who's interested can contact Willig and get a hold of our 10 steps to creating your own workplace safety task force. It's a PowerPoint presentation that really lets you go step by step, as it says, and tailor your task force to your particular area, your state, or your issues that are important. So it's filled with templates that you can manipulate and maneuver in order to establish your own mission statement, your own meeting agenda schedule, your own request for uh, particular sorts of legislation. So it really is a sort of starter kit, and really what's important is just getting started, because once you do, it'll take on a life of its own. 
So, Chuck, how can they contact you or contact Willie? Give us some contact information, email address, if you will. Well, it's Chuck Davoli at Davoli, D-A-V-O-L-I-C, at AOL.com. D-A-V-O-L-I-C at Davoli, Davoli C at AOL.com. I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 6513 Perkins Road, uh, 225-933-4979. All right, well, th- I want to thank Doug, I want to thank Chuck, and I want to thank Will for being with us today on Workers' Comp Matters discussing what I think is a very exciting opportunity to benefit our clients and their families and hopefully reduce the future clients that might needlessly have been injured or killed in workplace accidents. We hope you'll join us for another Workers' Comp Matters show. Thank you for listening today. I'm attorney Alan Pierce and hope you go out and make it a day that matters. Thanks for listening to Workers' Comp Matters today on the Legal Talk Network, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, where we try to make a difference in workers' comp legal cases for people injured at work. Be sure to listen to other workers' comp matters shows on the Legal Talk Network, your only choice for legal talk. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.